Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. Brought to you by TwoWayRadioCenter.com, a Motorola value-added reseller. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping the vigilant, those men and women who stand watch, keeping our houses of worship and places of faith safe. We believe church safety and security must be a ministry first and have engaged servant leaders who continually strive for excellence and teams of motivated volunteers that are always training. Join us for the next hour as the Church Safety Guys unpack safety, security, leadership, and ministry operations with your hosts, Dr. James McGarvey and Mike Scully. This broadcast is also available on YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, churchsafetyguys.com, and on the original Church Security app. Download it today. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share with your ministry. Well, hello and welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. I am James and joining you on this broadcast with my co-host, Mike. What's up, guys? How are you? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. I'm doing well. It's been a it's been an interesting, interesting Sunday for sure. It's always an interesting Sunday. Never, never, never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. Well, no, we hope they're dull moments. Yeah, dull, mom- dull nice. and quiet is good. <laughs> it'd be nice if there was a little bit of of dullness here and there, Doesn't but uh, it's just always always something going on for sure. Whether yeah. it's it's always safety and security related. <laughs> oh, for that's sure. a different story. <laughs> yeah, we had our uh, we had our sixth birthday of the church plant that I'm in right now, and. Uh, a lot of lot of people moving around, a lot of extra people hanging around, a lot of in and outs, and you got balloons popping. And uh, it was funny. Our, <laughs> our pastor actually, right from the pulpit, kind of said today, he goes, all right, I know this is Texas. We have balloons today. So if you hear a balloon pop, keep it holstered. <laughs> it was hilarious. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, if you if you haven't joined us uh, in a while or this is your first time, welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us. And for those of you that are watching on YouTube, if you uh, are so inclined, please feel free to, to click like and subscribe or on Facebook and uh, and share the broadcast with your your team. And uh, it's always helpful, helps get get the content out there for for different uh, churches to see and review, etc. And uh, as always, uh, you can reach out to us if there's a topic you'd like us to talk about, or uh, maybe if you need help with your church, uh, feel free to reach out to us through our website, which is churchsafetyguys.com, or you can reach out to us through our app, which is the church security app, and that's in Google and uh, iOS platforms and stores. Um, And there's plenty of of information on there with the app uh, that you can use for your church. It's it's free to download, free to register, thanks to our sponsors. And um, we do have real quick. I will throw out there uh, if you haven't joined in a in a bit. Um, we do have a couple of conferences coming up, and information for that is all available on our website. Uh, February seventeenth, I will actually be in. Um, Northern Ohio, and I'll be uh, up there with uh, uh, John DePietro with Ohio Crime Prevention. He and I will be doing a house of worship uh, seminar. It's a one day thing. Uh, Very, very worth it. I think it's, I want to say it's like $40 for the, for the day. Um, But uh, definitely, definitely worth it for the content and, and value and then uh, coming up in April, uh, we also have the Church Security Essentials uh, Conference, and that's going to be in Austin, uh, Texas at Grace Covenant Church at the end of April. And we've kind of actually expanded that to a three-day 
three-day thing, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, Friday and Saturday, Friday we have breakout sessions. Saturday we have uh, the main speakers and main main event. And then Sunday after church, we have uh, p- partnered with KR Training, which they will they should actually be on the broadcast next week. Uh, but they're going to be going through and and doing some uh, shooting, uh, firearm training and hands-on stuff. And so uh, if you go to the website, which is churchsafetyconference.com, you can kind of go through there and and pick out your your path and uh, choose your tickets and that sort of thing. Everything is very reasonably priced uh, for the weekend. And uh, if you do, if you add on, I believe it's if you add on the firearm component, it is an extra, uh, extra fee, extra ticket required. And I know that uh, they, I think, I think Carl, if I remember correctly, we can ask him next week, but I think Carl requires that you have a firearm holster, uh, 300 rounds. And if there's a few other things that, um, that you have to, to register for him. So, um, but definitely he's, uh, he's actually one of the, the sponsors, uh, and we're grateful that he's interested in and in, uh, in helping us sponsor the conference. And then certainly, uh, if you have any questions about the conference, you can reach out to us through the website and or the app, and we're happy to help wherever we can. But um, we are uh, doing an early bird special right now. So if you're interested in going, uh, pick up your tickets now. Um, we still have a decent number of them here and there. And, uh, but I know as we get, as we get closer, Texas has got a lot of churches. So, yep. well, I think we're in that, that are gonna January, go yeah, the January post Christmas <laughs> slump and people are paying off the Christmas bills and, and other things and, and, and For so sure. forth. But, uh, yeah, now's a good time with the early bird special. And what I really like is the, the multiple days is it's very modular. Yeah. Um, if you want to start with the Saturday, that's the essentials. That's the, the real core and the meat and potatoes, if you will. Um, you got some add on options on Friday and that can be kind of tailored more to your needs. If you're kind of getting started, we have foundations in the morning. Um, if you, if you already started and you want to take a challenge and get a better understanding of, of different ways of decision-making under pressure, and uh, work with folks and, and even attempt to win a prize. We have challenge in the afternoon and then uh, VIP meet and greet in the evening. So really modular options of what you can choose to add on or not add on. And then uh, as James yep. mentioned, the, the whole Sunday option uh, to add a firearms element to it, uh, to the conference piece as well. So um, you, can, you can do all of it or you can do Saturday plus something and you can kind of go from there. It's great. For sure. And all of all of the speaker lineup is on that website at churchsafetyconference.com with the tickets and their bios and and the schedule and information is on there as well. Um, We've got a lot of uh, folks that have been with us for a long time uh, that will be speaking like usual. Mike and I will be there uh, covering church church security essentials and a few other things. and going through the four pillars and, and just talking about um, team fundamentals. And then uh, our guest tonight will be down there as well. And uh, we'll have a few, a few new faces to add, certainly add uh, some dimension and depth to everything that's going on. So uh, I always look forward to it. It'll be a good, good time for sure. And uh, a lot of, lot of experience. If you look at yeah. <laughs> it's, I always like sit, sit kind of sit back and look at everybody's experience. And it's like with the, with all of the, um, I mean, there's over a hundred years, all of the in speakers, that conference. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's like between a hundred years of whether it's church security, law enforcement, uh, um, the federal uh, government work and it, there's all yeah. sorts of mix there as well as ministry. Well, and what's crazy too, is that every, almost every person that's there that's speaking 
Um, and we've got some great, great vendors, great network, networking opportunities lined up, et cetera. But thinking about it, almost every person that's speaking is actually either over their safety team at their church or they're on their safety team at church. So yeah, the folks great. that are the folks that are talking are talking from experience and are everyday people like we we don't set this up to to tell you how you're doing stuff wrong. It's really it's a conference for for anybody at any level to be able to say, OK, you know, here's some best practices. Here's what we found to be successful with our teams. But at the end of the day, you know, we're all we're all doing this together. And and so, you know, it's not it's not a conference to to sit there and lecture uh, lecture you. It's a, a opportunity for you to get away, to have a, a day or so of, or more, uh, a fellowship and, um, you know, talk to folks that are, are doing it, that are there, find out what their best practices are and, and, uh, and hopefully take a quick break from, you know, from your church to learn some new stuff and, uh, hear some different perspective. So. Yeah. Gets you like food for thought, gets you thinking and, bring a whole bunch of things to, to come back with you. So, I mean, it, it's a great spot to kind of take notes and, yep. and help kind of, I always like when I go to a conference, I step outside of my own world, out of my own church, out of my own environment. And even things I've talked about in the past where it's like someone will say the same thing slightly differently and it just registers. You have that aha moment. And it's like, you know what? I need to tweak that thing. I need to do this when I get back. I need to do this when I get back. And that's where it's really the, the those little gold nuggets, if you will, uh, during the full day where some may be affirmation of, of what you're already doing. Some may be uh, encouragement of areas where you can uh, grow into. And some may, mm -hmm. some may be conviction and saying, hey, these are areas that maybe are not up to par, but are options to get better. And so we'll equip you right from the beginning to kind of understand the right things. You got all the, the experts in the room and they're all reachable too. So this isn't uh, all yeah. right, we got a stage that you can't come up and talk to speakers. So we, we really try to go out of our way to create an environment that has some breaks that allow you to speak with the different uh, folks that are there. But we also have the, the, the VIP session on Friday evening which will give you a more intimate environment to get a chance to chat with folks, have a, a kind of a, a, a private Q and a, if you will, with the, with the group, and then uh, a chance to kind of look at, at some of the vendors and maybe a little less uh, overwhelming state without a couple hundred people. there also trying to get at the table. So um, yeah, we really do. Set up. We do limit. And that's the other thing too. We do limit, um, how many tickets are available and how, how big, uh, everything gets. And the reason we do that is because, uh, we want it to be more of an intimate setting. We, we don't want people to get lost in the crowd. We want people to be refreshed and have plenty of takeaways. And so when we, you know, when we do that, um, we really, that's our, that's our intent. So we're not looking to have seven or 800 people there. That's not the, the point. We like being able to have people come up to us and say, Hey, I've got this going on at my church. What's your yep. thoughts on this or that? And that helps us help you as well. So it's good. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work setting it up, but we're, we're definitely grateful for our sponsors and the folks that, that help make us help make it happen and help us with it. And it's, it'll be a good, good time. So check out, check out the website, churchsafetyconference.com. And if you have any questions on that, and we're happy to happy to help you where we can. So let's go ahead and bring in, I'll bring in our uh, guest here, which is none other than the the famous, <laughs> the famous John Riley. <laughs> hey, good, good evening, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, I caught you, caught you taking a sip of water there. So. Yeah, yeah, right. Coffee to keep me, to keep me awake. There, there you go. go. <laughs> after, after digging out from Michigan, right? <laughs> digging out all the snow. Yes, I understand. You actually finally got our snow. We, they, I just heard in the news about 35 inches fell on top of us over the last, uh, over the last week. 
all of the Ooh. West Michigan area, Lansing and the Detroit area, maybe got an <laughs> inch, two inches. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, so, I think we got a total. I think we got a total of like three or four inches, probably three. So <laughs> you guys wow. get you get all Michigan, all of Michigan, you know, Michigan and New York get that lake lake effect. Yeah, snow, yeah. and then it yeah. turns into a nor'easter when it hits New England on you know on the other side yep. of New York. So yeah. I got it can, uh, it can get exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I got twelve minutes of flurries today. down there in texas yeah and that because he's in austin that literally shut everything down (laughs) that was last week we did get some ice and and that was uh in the the cold snap we were down in the 20s for a period of time and had a little bit of freezing rain that uh, did create a little bit but (laughs) yeah now we're i think we're hovering in the 40s today so not too bad okay Oh, sweet. Well, you know, I appreciate you, you uh, joining us on short notice this week, uh, John. I, you know, we we talk all the time and usually yeah. when we when we're dealing with something or or something, a story happens or something like that. Um, if I handle it well, if I don't handle it well, yeah. I'll usually I'll uh, I'll message John during the week and I'll say, hey, I just had to deal with this and and practical application for, you know, for de-escalation here. But, um, you know, one of the things that, that we try to do is we try to, uh, you know, we're, we're all, we're all real people. We're all serving, we're all working together. We're all, you know, helping our churches and doing the best we can. And so one of the things that, that oftentimes we do, at least with the broadcast is we like being, real and that's how we've always been like we're we're authentic we're approachable and we talk about you know good the good the bad and ugly at our own churches to say Mm -hmm. hey this is what we're working with this is what we deal with on a regular basis so what was interesting and we've got a couple of stories john and i were talking about it this week and and uh he said, you know, that would be a really good broadcast episode for, for you to tell <laughs> <laughs> you to tell about your story, my story. Yeah, and then yeah, he's yeah. like, and then I have, I have one uh, to talk about de-escalation. So, um, so yeah, so I don't, a lot of times I don't think about it because we don't have our, we have a church plant that's, that's growing uh, thankfully and uh, very active in the community, but oftentimes I don't, we don't have a specific safety team. We have a few folks that help and jump in, including myself, if something happens, but we just don't have enough people yet. Um, so what's interesting is a, a lot of times when something happens, people will reach out and grab me and say, Hey, can you, can you come over and can you help with this? Or because they know, you know, I've had that experience and, um, even though I'm not the safety director, I'm kind of the safety director <laughs> because that's how, you know, that's how it goes. So anyhow, but, but, uh, my, my situation began last week. Uh, we were actually at a different location. We were retirement village. And, uh, as I pulled up into the, the retirement village, we were actually, we moved our entire service to like a big living room, um, activity room in the, in the retirement village. And the whole point was we had done some outreach and some Christmas caroling and stuff, uh, in December there. And so they offered it to us. They said, Hey, if you want to bring your service here, you know, some of the folks would really like it, would love the music, would love the message, the preaching. So we were like, you know what, this is fantastic. Let's do it. So I pulled in and, and, Normally I set up stuff and I'm in charge of, of setup and teardown. So for me, I didn't have all of the normal setup and teardown. So it was more relaxed for me, but anyhow, I pull into the parking lot and I see two of the praise team members kind of standing by the corner of the, the driveway entrance. And I'm like, you know how you get that feeling? Like something's just not, right here. Like, why are they standing all the way out here? Plus last weekend it was sub sub zero temperatures. So I'm like, this is just kind of odd, but you know what? It's I'm sure they'll figure it out. So I dropped my family off at the door and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to go park, park our car. 
So I go park. And as I I'm pulling up to park, the pastor's wife who's inside the building with the pastor calls me and she says, Hey, um, so-and-so, which was one of the, the young ladies that was standing out by the street that I had just passed. She said she was involved in a car accident. And she said that, uh, the pastor's wife said to me, um, the other individual in the vehicle, um, that was involved, uh, is acting belligerent. Can you like, can you step in and just see, cause she's, she's a young girl. She's probably in her, I think, I know, I know she's in college. I think she's like 19 or 20, something like that. She's really upset. This is like her first car accident. And so it seemed like the other driver, the other car was just getting kind of out of control. And she said the the pastor's wife said, there's a guy, one of our praise team members is out there and he's trying to help, but he has some challenges and opportunities. I'll say that with jumping in and overreacting at times. And so she's like, Hey, could you just step in and, and kind of take over this? He needs to come inside anyway and get ready for the music. Cause he's our drummer. And, uh, I said, sure, no problem. Let me go out and see what's going on. So I park my, my car, I walk up and I, I see the two of them and I said, Hey, Hey guys, how's it going? Can you tell me what happened? So the girl goes through and says, you know, this, she was turning into the parking lot and the car in front of her stopped, didn't put their turn signal on, stopped. <laughs> And she rear-ended them and her car was pretty damaged um, because she didn't realize she was supposed to be turning until it was too late. And then he was already stopped. So she rear-ended him. He was in a small pickup truck. And of course it was, you know, picture a jalopy, right? They're like, I mean, another scratch really would not have done anything to his truck. So I'm standing there and I said to the, the guy, the drummer, I said, Hey, what's, what's going on with the other driver? Is he okay? Is everybody okay? Do we need an ambulance? What's, what's going on? And he said, well, he said, he's okay, but, um, he's, he's just getting out of control. He's acting like he's yelling, he's slamming stuff. He's, he's, he's being irate. And when he saw the guy in the other car saw that the passenger or the person that hit him was this little tiny, you know, petite girl. It was like, almost like he started, I guess, mentally taking advantage of it. Like he was even more loud, more obnoxious. And so I said to the drummer, I said, okay, you know what? I said, the pastor's wife called me. I'll take over, uh, go, you know, go ahead and go back inside and I'll, I'll do this. And he's like, okay, I'm going to just go talk to the guy real quick. And then I'll walk inside. And I said, okay. So I turned around. I said, has anybody called the police? And, um, everybody's like looking at me, you know, like, uh, what? That's enough. You know, no, of course not. So I pull out my phone and I had been working with one of the assistant uh, chiefs of that town, um, with our church to, to start a chaplain program. And I've been working with him. So I know the assistant chief police chief very well. And so I called the non-emergency number, I get the dispatch and I said, can you send out, uh, an officer, please. We had a minor motor vehicle accident. Here's the address. Um, the other driver is acting a little bit belligerent. I would really like to have an officer here. And so the dispatcher was like, kind of like shocked that I probably that I was like so calm and collected, <laughs> you know, with it. Cause I know they're used to getting this, the hysterics and everything, but I said, could you send out an officer? Because the other guy is just going off, off crazy. So she's like, yeah, we, we have an officer. She's like, I just, just dispatched him. Thanks for calling. If you need anything else, call us back. So I said, okay. So I hung up. So, okay. The police are on the way, right. To handle this other guy. I haven't gone over to the situation yet to, with him. I'm just talking to the, the girl standing there. So as I'm standing there, I hear some, some noise and some volume of discussion and so I turn around and the drummer is walking away from the other guy. He hadn't gone inside yet. And so I kind of walk over and I'm like, dude, you need to go inside. Like, just forget about it. And so he was getting upset and he's like, you know, he kind of leans in toward me and he's like quiet. And he's like, 
James, he's like, if he gets in my face one more time, you know, that's going to be it. And I said, go inside, get a cup of coffee. It's cold out here. Calm down. I, I've got this. And he's like, okay, okay, I'm going to go. So he heads back inside and grabs, you know, grabs a drink, etc. And then um, I kind of stepped back and I said, okay, you know, leave the guy over there. They already exchanged information. There was really, at that point, there was no reason to stay there except the guy that had been hit was, was being kind of belligerent, but the, the gal, uh, the girl that was there, um, she had already admitted. She's like, you know, James, she's like, I, I made a mistake. I, I didn't see him stop. I don't know, you know, if she was messing with her phone or what was going on, but she, she admitted it. And I'm like, okay, well, everybody's fine. Nobody's hurt. You know, that's what insurance is for, right? You, you can figure that out. We're good to go. Let's, let's get this done. And she's like, well, no, I can't go back inside because he, he was yelling and screaming at me and saying, don't, you know, don't you dare leave. And I'm like, well, why does that matter? I said, I, I, I really don't like, I don't care what he says. When the police get here, we're going to figure this out. We'll fill out the paperwork and, and I'll help you with it. So she, she was like, okay, you know, I appreciate it. So she called her parents and she was talking to her parents about it. And, um, you know, I looked down the street and of course two, two police cars pull up and one of the officers comes over and I kind of explained the, the accident to him. And he said, okay, well, he said, you know what? We don't, we don't need to be standing out here in the, everybody's okay. <laughs> you know, we don't need to be standing out here. Mm -hmm. He's like, let's mm -hmm. go inside where it's nice and warm. We can talk about this. We can exchange information like civilized people and, and move on. Mm -hmm. So one of the officers went inside with the other guy, the officer that had was kind of in charge, um, got into one of the cars with, uh, with another church member from us and the gal. And he was like, they were sitting there with a the car running and he's like, okay, can you fill out this paperwork and everything? So they did all the paperwork and he comes back and I start talking, you know, I was talking to the officer and we were joking around and about it, both being kids and kind of, you know, just taking the edge off, off everything. Everybody really started calming down. And, um, so the officer said, you know, he's like, I really could to the, to the gal, he's like, I really could cite you for this. Um, and I could give you a ticket because you were following too close. And, and we do have a specific law for that in Ohio. If you're following too close, not adequate stopping distance, I think, or something similar. And, um, he said, you know, but I'm, I'm not going to do that because you've are, you know, you've already had a rough day. I don't want to add to it we've given the information, we've exchanged the info and we'll call it a day. And so, you know, they came, she came back inside the guy, uh, his, his car was fine, literally. And so then all of a sudden he had to get a tow and somebody came over with a tow rope and was like pulling his truck down the road. And it was like, come on. Yeah. I mean, seriously, this is, this is just <laughs> exaggerated. And, and lots of, lots of drama. Um, but what was interesting was about that, you know, a couple of things kind of stuck out to me. And one of the things was that, um, I was mentioning, I had mentioned to John, this was something that actually happened outside, right? It wasn't something that happened in the church or the area where we were doing church. This was something that was immediately outside, but it affected our our church folks. And so that really gave me the opportunity to step out and try and help. And, you know, it kind of got to the point where because of the individuals that were trying to be helpful, that were in there um, already trying to handle the situation for me to step in, I, I had to separate really kind of separate everybody and say, okay, go, go back inside. We're good until law enforcement got there. And somebody asked me later, they said, well, why, you know, why did you call the, the police? And I said, well, as soon as you said, as soon as you told me that the guy was being belligerent, it wouldn't matter who was there trying to convince him. Otherwise to me, that was like a red flag saying, look, you know what? 
this is probably going to be a situation that having an officer there, if it goes sideways more than it already has, is a good resource. And I just thought in my mind, I thought, you know what, if the officers, if, if, if an officer's not doing anything, even if he comes over, um, you know, that can deescalate even more, deescalate the situation. So that was kind of, I mean, that's kind of where we left it. And, um, I was grateful that the officer showed up, that they were very cordial, very friendly, just the friendliness really deescalated the whole, like took the whole entire cloud off of the situation. Um, so a couple of, a couple of days later, uh, the, the assistant chief called me and he, um, he and I were talking about something else. And I, I told him, I said, you know, I said, I just want to thank you for how your officers responded because they did a fantastic job. And, you know, we had a situation that kind of went sideways and, and at the same time, you know, their personality and the way they handled the situation just kind of put an end to the nonsense that was, that was going on and happening. So <clears throat> it is what, you know, it is what it is, but I'll throw it over to, to you guys now that I've talked for the last 20 minutes and you're, you're welcome to jump in. I wanted to uh, emphasize uh, what, what one of the one of the conflict de-escalation points, lesson points right here that I want to highlight is to remind people that you do not have to necessarily engage with someone, especially if they're demonstrating some type of hostile, aggressive behavior. When your first guy went out there and uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, he went over to check on the guy and the guy exhibited uh, some hostile, aggressive behavior. Boom. OK, that tells me. If it was me checking up on him, that he's okay because he's loud, he's rude, he's obnoxious. I'm gonna do an about face. I'm gonna disengage, sure. and then walk walk over here, and then protect the uh, the girl and all that. There's no reason to have any more conversation with him uh, because he's being very very unfriendly. Um, but as it is, it looks like your guy got himself sucked into a back and forth uh, to the point where he even made the comment to you, Hey, if that guy gets in my face again, it's done, it's over. Well, dude, you're the one who walked over there and then stayed yeah. there, you know? <laughs> so, you know, one of the most almost guaranteed, uh, method to avoid a conflict and guaranteed successful, uh, technique to de-escalate a situation is not to get into a situation in the first place and to yeah. always just take that breath and assess the situation and see what you're going to get into. But that's a good example of how good people meaning well can inadvertently find themselves in a situation that they can get sucked into. And it takes that self-discipline and situational awareness to recognize, wait a minute, what am I doing? Why am I arguing with this guy? I'm not even involved. Doing a bell yeah. face, walk away. Um, well, but and, you, you made the comment that he's young and all that. So. Well, and one of the things too, not to, I, I used it as a teaching experience, you know, after we were inside, after it was done, I kind of pulled him, I pulled the drummer aside and I said, Hey, you know, you, you need to take it, kind of take it down a notch. And he's a good guy and he's a good friend of mine. So, you know, we have the, a relationship that I can, I can say that. Uh, but I said, you know, I said, how, how would this have gone if you had handled it different? Like sometimes you have to just kind of be the bigger person and step back and not get like you, like you said, John, not get sucked in. So we had a good conversation about it after. And it was kind of funny because um, he had gone up to the, the, the pastor's wife came over to me and she's like, how, how is, you know, how is the situation? I said, it's, we're, we're done. Everything's good to go you know, we're going to get some, some duct tape and tape up, you know, her car and stuff like that. And, um, the drummer came over and he's, he's like, why didn't like to the pastor's wife? He's like, why didn't you trust me with, um, with handling the situation? Why did you have to, to call James and ask James to come over? And, you know, just tongue in cheek, she turned around and she's like, because sometimes you need an adult to handle the situation. <laughs> and of course he was, you know, he was like, what? Like, you know, oh my gosh, you just burned me. And, and so and I'm just standing there cracking up. Like I'm laughing, like, 
it's not like I don't ever make mistakes because I do. Obviously, we all do. We all make mistakes. But the truth is, and I said to him later, I said, you know, I said, I have been in so many situations with car accidents because even that I'm like to the to the girl, I was like, hey, open your app. Who what's what's your insurance company? Who do you have? And she's like, I have State Farm. And, And she's like, I've got the app right here. And I said, well, open the app here's a button. You click on the button. If you're in a car accident, here's the things that you need to do. So I walk through that with her and I said, here's a checklist. Did you do everything? And she's like, yeah, I did. And I said, okay, that's it. That's all you do. You walk away at that point. And in the future, if some, if this happens to you ever again, and you, you get into a, a back and forth conversation, I said, you can call up, just call the police, like call them and say, Hey, I'm not comfortable with this situation. Could you send an officer out? Because there are situations. And and I said, honestly, I said, I walked up. I hadn't even seen everything. And I called the police because I knew from what everybody was saying before I got there that, you know, it was that it was a situation that I, I couldn't do any more at that point. I mean, going over to the other individual, could I have de-escalated talking to him? I might have been able to calm him down a little bit more because I'm older and because I was more relaxed about it. But at the same time, I, I you know, again, there's a lot, um, lot to be said for um, having, you know, officers there in uniform and stuff like that. I, I always encourage people when they when they find themselves in a situation like this, uh, especially lately when everyone is so easily offended and easily uh, very quick to fly off the handle, become hostile and aggressive, uh, just call the police and, and at least get them coming. And if the situation is able to be worked out and resolved, then you can always disregard them. Um, there are people out there who are going to try to capitalize and, and intimidate other people. Real quick story in that regard. number of years ago, um, lady, uh, an elderly lady in her mid eighties called the police said, Hey, apparently I have been in an accident. This lady, uh, flagged me down and said, I sideswiped her. So I arrive on scene. Traffic was very heavily congested. So there was some plausibility in what was going on. The, uh, the alleged victim said, yeah, I was driving along and this old lady tried to change lanes or whatever and sideswiped me. And she, and she pointed out the damage on her car and I'm looking at it. And I asked the and I and I asked the driver who was a complainant. Uh, so you're saying this accident, this damage happened today, right now, 20 minutes ago, or whatever? Yes, absolutely. And I asked the old lady, "Do you remember bumping anyone?" She goes, "No, absolutely not. But it's possible. I'm an elderly lady." Blah blah blah. And I said, "Okay." As I continued to look at the damage, I suddenly realized the damage on the victim car did not align with the size and shape of the suspect <laughs> car. And I told the lady, I said, you know what? Do me a favor. Will you pull your car up next to her the way you were on the lanes? And she and she and she okay. And she pulls up and I, I pulled her out and I said, that damage doesn't line up with their car. And all of a sudden she's F you, you're doing this because you're racist <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. But there are people out there who will try to pull something like that. So I always encourage people, call the police um, and and don't necessarily find yourself getting into a confrontation with somebody. Um, Little incident I had at my church. uh, Coincidentally, December 9th last year, uh, my team and I did our annual training with our ushers, greeters and some of our security people. And that next day, Sunday, December 10th, and the evening, during the evening service, there was a praise, uh, excuse me, there was a prayer and healing service. Well, during the service, uh, a lady started to create a disturbance. And oh my gosh, is that not in the church security world, a worst case scenario, someone creating some type of disturbance, distraction uh, in the service? Fortunately, the ushers and the security personnel who were assigned into that room that night uh, took a breath and took a moment to assess what, what was actually going on. And I interviewed everyone who was involved. Our security volunteer, awesome lady, uh, she said it really caught her attention, the distraction and disturbance that was going on. She took a couple steps in that direction. And she's quickly noting that this seemed to be more of a mental illness issue. Because keep in mind, especially in Michigan, and I think in Ohio too, and maybe several other states, it's a, it's, it's a law now that it's, a, it's against the law to distract or disrupt or disturb a a religious service in progress. 
And so once our security personnel recognize, okay, this this is more of a mental illness issue and not someone with an, an agenda specifically trying to create a disturbance, we don't need to call the police. So good decision on, on, in that regard. All right, let's try to work this out. Ushers, actually two of them who happened to have been through the training the day before uh, came up. Uh, and what happened was a whole lot of churchgoers meaning well, basically, created this real tight group around our our um our distraction uh it just in well-meaning wanted to pray with her comfort her and so on but it was actually having the opposite effect and and our 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 distractor became very very agitated and was just very loudly telling people get away from me just get away from me and even our ushers everyone i interviewed say it became very evident to them that the more room they gave this person the calmer she got so they wanted to make sure that they created this buffer zone and a, a conflict de-escalation uh, a lesson point right here. Number one, always maintain a good reactionary gap. A reactionary mm -hmm. gap is the distance between you and the subject you're dealing with so that in the event it goes sideways, you have that extra distance to get your hands in the position, the block, deflect, strike or whatever. Uh, but that gives your, your brain also that extra millionth of a second to process. Yeah, this is going off the rails. Do I zig to the right, zag to the left? So always maintain your reactionary gap. So once they started creating this gap around this lady from well-intentioned folks, she began to calm down. Unfortunately, a well-intentioned woman decided that, no, I, I'm going to go and pray for this lady. And she got right up into this lady's face and began to loudly pray with her for her and over her and started rebuking the devil. And this oh lady, our, our distractor <laughs> in the first place, became really, really agitated. Okay, like, wow. Now, folks, it's uncomfortable for any of us to have someone get within arm's reach and get loud in our face. OK, now imagine someone who may have some type of mental illness. That's going to be very stressful, very and even come across very uh, confrontational and, and aggressive, especially if they already just got done telling you to leave them alone. So yeah. if someone is clearly articulating to give them space to, get, to leave them alone, why would you violate that? Because you're only going to upset them. And our ushers quickly began to get in there to, to, to try to create some space. Now, what's good is that our, our distractor got up to leave. Now, fortunately, because the crowd had dispersed, she did not feel trapped and did not feel like she was in a corner. She was able to walk out the exit because anytime yeah. anyone, any of us feels trapped or in a corner, you could yep. start lashing out. So as a lady gets up to leave, unfortunately, unfortunately, our, our well-intentioned churchgoer followed her and uh, continued oh to loudly pray and so on. And, and, it, and our ushers, uh, the people I interviewed were like, they were like, oh my gosh, you know, just, I know you mean well, but just let her go, let her go. And, and everything worked out. So teaching points right there, especially when you have someone telling you, hey, just give me space, give them space. Why would you get into their space? Also, number two, you can effectively pray for someone from across the room or across the world. You don't have normal, to be in their face. You don't in have a to normal be with voice. Answer. Right, right. <laughs> in a normal tone. In a normal voice. You don't, you sure. know, it's not like, and it's not like I, I don't believe in prayer. I've seen it work. I know it works. Sure. But when you're in a situation where you feel like you have to pray for someone or, or you're trying to engage with someone and your intentions are good, always always be reassessing the situation and take a moment and 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 determine am i really helping or am i really agitate or am i stirring things up because if our our church goer had just taken a moment and and see that she was actually stirring the pot i i would like to think that she would have just backed away so always take a moment and again it's another example of good person meaning well getting sucked into no i'm going to pray for this person well, wait a minute, maybe this person is not ready to receive that at this moment, at this time. So you can inadvertently escalate a situation if you don't slow down and assess the situation. Great call by the by the security volunteer and the initial uh, ushers of immediately, very quickly recognizing, okay, this is more of a mental uh, illness issue and not necessarily a situation that requires the police. Uh, and then recognizing 
we need to give this lady space because she's clearly articulating she wants space. And they also saw for themselves that the more room she had, the quieter and calmer she be, she was. So they, they could yeah. see all that and, and why it was working. No. And it, you know, it's, there are certain, certainly certain uh, pieces of conversation that really instigate and spur people on, you know, when you're in the middle of dealing with that too. So sometimes being silent and being quiet is awkward, like not saying anything, but just standing there and letting, letting time, you know, letting the situation absorb some time. I mean, in, in my situation that the young gal was like, it was my fault, like right, right instantly as I walked up and I said, well, you know, that might be, but you know, read through, read through your checklist. It says right on here from your insurance company, never admit fault. I said, so, and I, I was kind of like explaining it to her. I said, you know, I said, sometimes if you admit fault or you start talking about whose fault it is in the middle of everything, people can get really angry. I said, so, you know, maybe don't say that, like, take a breath, take a breath, step back mm -hmm. from the situation. Mm -hmm. And, and again, everybody's okay. Nobody's hurt. So let, exchange information and then walk away. It's the insurance, you know, at, at that point, it's up to the insurance company. So Mike, you want to jump I, in there? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Just a couple, a couple of great things in the story there, but I feel like what was also really good is you, you didn't, despite a sizable team, there was no flocking of numerous team members or looky-loos all showing up to respond to the uh, DLR essentially, or somebody talking loud and, because the mm. sheer presence mm. and the numbers of folks, earpiece or no earpiece, it can just create in that intimidation factor. So it's great that, uh, that you called that out, that they recognize that because they could just exacerbate the issue. Um, the second was really is that so I so often it, it throws me that the power of your prayer is not directly uh, congruent to the loudness of your voice. And you call it out. You can pray from anywhere. Why? Why was it so yeah. loud? Why was it set up that way? And then I think lastly is is the variables. Um, I see it in in the your story, James. In John, your story. I've seen it play out in a couple of stories recently with with my church as well. Is that we can have the best laid plans. We can train for how to respond to certain situations, but we can't control the variables of the population of our church and how they will respond. So much like I opened in the beginning, hey, a, a balloon pops off and somebody draws their gun. Well, no, that's that's a variable that we can't control. A person yeah. from the church walks out to try to deal with a, a, a traffic accident, but then gets too engaged and too involved emotionally. We can't necessarily control that. Thankfully, your pastor's wife did. And then in this case, this obviously is something where this woman just waited right in the middle of a situation that was already uh, mm -hmm. in the process of being de-escalated yeah. and could have could have lit a match. I mean, she was pouring gasoline on an already potentially a lit fire. And yeah. who knows where that could have gone? So it's mm -hmm. it, those variables are what's hard to train for those things that come out of nowhere that that you don't know what your parishioners and are going to act like in those circumstances, whether it's uh, somebody being loud, whether it's somebody being violent, whether it's an evacuation and you got folks that are just hysterical or pushing against the crowd or doing not listening to what they're told to create calm and order uh, evacuation. So that can happen across the board. And it, it was just something that I saw kind of pop out as a common thread across this is those unknown variables. Well, and, and that's, can I, let me say, James, that yeah, is exactly ahead. why I'm always emphasizing at my training seminars, you, you've got to stay flexible and adapt to the situation you're actually dealing with. Because far too many times I've seen people decide that if A happens, I'm doing B. And they and they yeah. uh, they lock into a course of action without being flexible to the situation. Uh, I had a successful conflict de-escalation seminar with the church uh, yesterday. And one of the guys was saying uh, in between seminars, this is phenomenal. Uh, it's got me thinking about things I didn't, I, I would never have thought of. And that's, that's the power yeah. of doing realistic, uh, dynamic scenarios because it puts you in a real life simulated situation where you have to think on your feet in the moment under stress. And you, and you can't do that, um, from just watching videos or listening to a, a seminar, but uh, back to the point is that, that 
you got to, I emphasize, stay flexible because the situation will change from moment to moment. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's what actually you said exactly what I was going to say. It's the adaptability piece of not knowing the situation. I mean, you can, you can have a situation, the same thing over and over and over again, obviously, and get completely different um, different results, different outcome, different interaction, different engagement. And I think honestly, that's what a lot of times people are fearful about. I know for me, that's, that's frustrating to me is, you know, there's not consistency. It's really, it's dealing with emergency situations. There's no consistency in them at all. So when you walk up, you really have to have an open mind for that decision and for that situation. And what's crazy to me, I mean, all three of us have, have been with law enforcement and, you know, and we've had that experience and, you know, I've had experience with public safety and the fire department and stuff like that. And it's, it's no different. Like in your mind, you expect based on your training, your textbook training or common sense, things to go a certain way and things to line up a certain way and the variable with it is, is people. And so if you can approach that situation, you can walk into it with those tools, but saying, okay, this is a fluid situation. What, how am I going to handle this? How do I need to be flexible? Because you can't ask someone else to be flexible in that moment, but you can be flexible. Mm -hmm. So with your training, you know, it's never, again, it's never a black and white situation. The, the situation mm -hmm. might be black and white for other ministries in the church, but certainly with safety and security, it's not, it's not black and white because you're dealing with the largest variable possible. And that's, and that's people. And you never know how someone's going to react, even, even your own team member. And, you know, we had somebody posted in the, in the group this week. Um, and you guys both saw my response, but somebody posted in the group, like, should I train my church members to evacuate if there was an active aggressor situation, like in the sanctuary, how do I, how do I train my congregants? And I'm like, well, the truth is, I mean, you can train everybody, but that's the biggest variable because you don't know how somebody's going to respond in a mm -hmm. life and death situation. And when someone, you know, you, you had the perfect example, John, your, your folks or the folks that came up to that lady, they didn't know how she was going to respond. They learned in that situation in seconds, okay, if we build a hedge around her, if we back up and give her her space, then that DS that's deescalating, but not, you know, not everybody's like that in every situation. So really we have to learn to be thinking on our feet to, to be very flexible and understand that not every situation always ends up going like we've been trained. And sometimes we have to adapt and sometimes we have to be flexible with the, the potential uh, input that we give to have the outcome that we, that we want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We had another uh, situation, if, if I could, real, real quick. Yeah, um, go ahead. Um, a gentleman, another another situation where a person got mad uh, at the service. And in, and in this particular case, instead of creating a, a disturbance and a distraction in service, he actually got up to leave. Well, one of our security volunteers at the, at the door he was heading out saw that he was distressed and asked him, hey, is everything okay? Well, the, the gentleman took the opportunity to just start venting at him and got yeah. loud. And, and, and I'm watching the video later and he's finger pointing at my guy. And, and my guy told me later that he's like, Oh gosh, I should have just let him walk out the door. Well, in <laughs> hindsight, yeah, you, you know, in hindsight, sure. I should have just let him walk out the door. But if you are a, a church volunteer of any value, when you see someone to distress, you're going to ask if there's anything you can do to sure. help. It's only in that moment that, and that you suddenly realize, Oh gosh, <laughs> this, this kind of blew up in my face, but he told me, I just let him vent. And how it almost went sideways was another a volunteer came up, but unfortunately got himself sucked into debating and arguing with him. And it almost started to go off the rails. But fortunately, 
our 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 pastor in charge over the security with one of our team captains that morning came in they took over the conversation they spoke for about another 20 minutes and by the time it was over after letting him vent and not arguing not debating he was shaking hands and apologizing for his behavior and walking out ministry mindset can effectively work if you give it time you know and there's there are things too and i know we've talked about it and i know i've had situations where i've done i've done it and i know mike has too it there are times when if you're in charge or you're working that situation and it's not going well that it's okay to step in and say, you know what? I need you to step back like to your own person. And I know that there have been times where I've done that, where I've stepped in and said, you know what? I've got this. I I'll take over from here. Let me, let me help this person or let me, let me do something with this person. And you can, in a lot of cases, you can almost play it off in a sense like, Hey, I'm the supervisor. I can help you out more, Mm -hmm. you know, than someone Mm -hmm. else can just like, you know, if you're in a law enforcement situation, sometimes, you know, the Sergeant will come and they'll support what maybe what you said, but at the same time, they're, everybody's like, Oh, this guy's the guy in charge. He's the Sergeant. He's the one that can really hear what I'm saying and, and we can get something accomplished. And so sometimes it takes coming up, and having like playing that now, I mean, I've, I, I could probably count on one hand, the number of times that I've done that in situations, but there still have been situations where I've walked up and I've said, you know what, let to, to my team member, let me take over here for you. Why don't you go and check in with so-and-so and make sure that this is being done and accomplished and I'll take over this. And, you know, that's not being rude and later go back, you can go back to that person and say, Hey, what were the fundamentals of de-escalation that we've talked about? You know, sometimes you do need to tag team. Sometimes you need to step back from a conversation and realize that, you know what, this just isn't going the right way or the way maybe that it should. And I'm, and, and it might not even be, I mean, we've talked about that before. It might not even be mm-hmm. something that you intentionally did. It could just be you that there's something about your face that that person does not like mm-hmm. or has a, yeah. you yeah. know, has an yeah. issue with. <laughs> or maybe Teamwork is absolutely critical. <laughs> that's, that's right. The, the ability to seamlessly hand it off to your colleague or your partner is absolutely critical. I emphasize teamwork so much because you're absolutely right. You are going to run into someone who does not like you for whatever reason. And you've got to make sure you you remove your pride and ego and just let it go and hand it over to your, your colleague and partner or recognize that you need to take over for your colleague and partner. Teamwork is absolutely critical. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, we are just about out of time. So, uh, as always, um, thank you so much for, for joining us on the broadcast, John. It's always great talking to you and yeah, where did that hour go? Right. (laughs) But we're for those, for those of you that would like to pick John's brain a little bit more, you're, you're welcome to do that and reach out to him, connect with him on his website or you can come come meet him in Austin. Yeah. You can come down to Texas and meet him. There you go. Exactly. Right. You can meet him down there at the the conference in April because yeah. he he'll be talking yeah. about yep. how to uh, be ministry ministry minded and and deescalate. So yep. good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, John. Yep. Always love having you on. It, it's uh, uh, great, great. Lot of good points that you've made. Love hearing the different stories and and the different learning points. I know our audience enjoys that as well. Uh, appreciate your support and your friendship. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you guys in April. (laughs) All right. right. So just wrapping up real quick. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us again. If you, if you just joined us, feel free to like share and subscribe uh, to our content. And as always, if we can help you out with your ministry, feel free to connect with us on Facebook. We have uh, several, several groups uh, for, church safety and security, or you can reach out to us through our website, which is churchsafetyguys.com. And uh, 
There's plenty of avenues. If there's a topic you'd like us to talk about on the broadcast, feel free to shoot us an email. Uh, otherwise, um, we would love to have you come to the, the conference in Austin in April, uh, and you can get tickets and more information at churchsafetyconference.com. But uh, next week, hopefully, if everything goes well, we will have uh, Carl with KR Training on, and he'll be talking a little bit about his background in training for churches and some some uh, best practices that he's he's seen and a little bit about uh, the training that he's going to be doing in April. So until next time, take care. God bless. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast, brought to you by Vigilant Impact. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback and interaction. Be sure to share our broadcast with your teams, join the discussion online, and connect with us on social media or at our website at churchsafetyguys.com. For other great ministry resources, download the Church Security app. Remember, keep a servant's heart, a mindset of ministry, and Semper Disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.